Hey, you're listening to Podcast Rewind with Erica Jarvis and Amy Randolph. This is the podcast about all of the podcasts that we just can't stop listening to. Enjoy! Welcome to episode 22 of Podcast Rewind. I'm one of your hosts, Amy Randolph. You can find me on social media at I'm Amy Randolph, uh, Twitter, Instagram. Sitting across the podcast table from me is... Hey, everybody, and hey, Amy. Guys, I am Erica Jarvis, your other host of Podcast Rewind. That's at Erica Jarvis on Instagram and Twitter. And thanks for coming by and checking us out on Podcast Rewind. If you haven't been here before, and even if you have... We are two best friends who love podcasts, drinking, all things pop culture, so we talk about all of those things in front of a microphone. That's right. And we also, because we're of appropriate drinking age, we are. well, well far beyond, really, <laughs> um, we have a drink of the week every episode, and this one we're excited about. We're trying a new thing, you guys. We are trying a new thing. Um, summer is almost here, so, you know, rosé all day. Almost all day. Almost all day, but we are checking out Angry Orchard Hard Cider Rosé. Rosé cider, you say? I say, and guys, we are going to taste it live for you. For the you. very first time. We so have cheers. cheers. Cheers and, and drink up, Buttercup. All right. Tastes like okay. cider. It tastes like cider. So I'm not a giant cider fan. I'll Same. have a cider, yeah. but I don't like pound them. Like some people exclusively drink ciders. Correct. And, you know, I think it's people that don't really have a good taste for beer. Not that it's bad, but they don't particularly like yeah. beer. So if they're in a setting where it's a really beer-heavy setting, they're going to go for a cider because it's a little bit sweeter. Lighter. Um, yeah, but it's not light at all. It's so uh, such a uh, sugar bomb. It is. But, okay, so I, I will have a cider from time to time. So this one, rosé, I didn't know if it was going to be more carbonated. or yeah. like, geez, I, There's no more berry in here. It just says it's made with... Rare French red flesh apples. Are we calling BS on that, or do you think it's for real? I don't know. I guess I'm going to call BS. Like, are you shipping these apples in from the south of France? Kind of, yeah. What makes it rosé? I mean, rosé is a grape, so there's I, really nothing on here when it comes to the ingredients, if you will. <laughs> but you know what? It's tasty. We finally have gorgeous weather back in central Florida. Um, we've been whining because it's been in the 40s. What? What are you so, reading? So He's reading the label. Are colored with red flesh apples, sweet potato, radish, and hibiscus. Sweet potato and radish. I love both of those things. I hate sweet potato. <laughs> no. Well, fuck you, Angry Orchard. <laughs> well, Whatever, I'm going to drink like, it. It's, it's open. It's effervescent. It's refreshing. It is refreshing. Yeah. It's happening. It's happening. So, Amy, other than our beverages, we like to kind of start off the episode sharing a little bit about our life, what's going on, mm-hmm. mainly by focusing in on things that we're obsessed with. Yes. Do you have anything that you're obsessed with this week? I do have something I'm obsessed with this week. Okay. I touched on it last week a little bit, but 
I am full head first, literally, into this bungee class that I'm taking. Yes. I have now, so last week, if you heard our All Bachelor All the Time episode, <laughs> oh shit, we should have called it that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know that I tried I'm a new sorry. workout class last week with a bungee system. You get hooked into a harness and you're basically dangling from a bungee. I mean, not dangling, your feet yeah. can touch. And all of these different flights and dives and falls you can do that you, you can't do, it's not humanly possible. Um, for instance, to fall face first into the floor and just with my fingertips push myself back up. Yeah. Um, not just my fingertips. I should say it's you roll from, you know, heel, ball, toe, then you use <laughs> your core, da, 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 da. Um, but I've taken more classes since. You guys heard how sore I was last week. Uh-huh. Um, I'm, I'm starting to master it and get the muscles back in working order, and I'm just so obsessed. So tomorrow I'm signed up for bungee fit. I've been doing bungee flight so yes. far. And so bungee fit, I'm excited tomorrow. It's a lot more like strength and conditioning. Nice. I think I have to do burpees. All right. And so, but they say they're a lot easier and you can stay, yeah. keep your body in the more correct positions because a lot of the like work is taken, well not work, but anyway, I'm really excited about it. I'm super obsessed with it. Um, so much fun. The last time, so, okay. I know a lot of people say that you're supposed to find your workout and yes. that's the only way that you'll really get dedicated to a program. Yeah. Like I don't like running, but I really do. I don't like the physical movement of running, but I like running or, or walking or jogging because of the cardio and the activity. Yeah. And it's a real mind focus for me, but I don't really like it all that much. So I'm not going to go join a runner's club. I'm not going to do a marathon. It's just something that I can do to keep myself fit. But I think I finally found my thing this nice. bungee thing. And the only thing I can compare it to that I've been this excited about was the time that I was doing an aerial yoga yeah, class. Yeah, you loved that. I really, really loved it. And I'm so bummed I couldn't keep up with it. But the studio I was going to is an over-hour drive from yeah. home. And the thing is, like, when I first started taking those classes, those aerial yoga classes, I had weekdays off. My job was different yeah. back then, and I could get to them. It was easy. But then when my days changed to weekends... I couldn't, I just could not get there during the week. Yeah. It was too far away. And the weekend classes were like mommy and me classes, <laughs> you know, for working moms. Yeah. I really feel so much like these niche studios are really um, centered on like upper class women who don't work. A thousand like the percent. best classes are offered in the middle of the day. I'm like, yeah. hi, uh-huh. I work in the middle of the day. I would love to go to your class, but... I got shit to do. Oh, yeah. So, anyway, I'm loving the studio I'm going to. The class, You know, there's evening classes. They have yeah. some daytime stuff available and weekends. Um, so, I can make it work with my schedule. I love the workout. I'm well, so obsessed. I'm really excited to hear how the fit one is tomorrow because mm-hmm. like, I'm always interested in finding new and different classes and, like, love mixing everything yeah, up. Yeah, you love and strength and conditioning I for sure. I totally do. I'm not a dance kind of person or, mm-hmm. like, Zumba or things person. like that. Like, I'm like, oh, no, I just want to do my own workout and stuff. But... When it comes to like strength and conditioning and like resistance training and stuff, so excited to hear how that is. Yeah, I'm I'm just loving it. Yay. So tell me what you're obsessed with. Well, it is fully March. We're in the middle of it's March. This March month. Madness. March Madness. Um, I'm excited because this past weekend is kicked off, if you will, quite a lot of fun things that are happening. So this was St. Patrick's Day weekend. Yeah, woo, weekend we went hard last people. night. Hello. Um, we had a great weekend, like running into a bunch of different friends all totally, over Totally, like ago. accidentally. I actually, I went into this weekend with zero plans. Uh-huh. Even for St. Like, Patrick's Day, and I'm bi- I was busy. Yeah. Yeah, so we went out last night. Today I went to a Celtic festival over in Winter Garden, and that was unplanned and really fun. Next weekend, my um, 
roommate from college is coming in, and I'm so excited to yes. see her. Special episode coming right. next week. That, uh, weekend after that is my birthday week with my family. The weekend after we're that, going on a girls trip. We're after going that. on a girls trip up yep. to the beach in Georgia. So it's just oh, like yeah. one thing after another, and I'm really so excited. Well, and I think you mentioned it, but both of our birthdays yes. are coming up in the next few weeks. So. Party time, excellent. Absolutely. And if you guys want to send us a gifty, we would not be upset. Hey, you know how you could gift us and we would be really excited? I think I have an idea. What would it be, Amy? I think if you went over to patreon.com and became a professional rewinder yes. or an intro rewinder or just a better rewinder, uh-huh. um, any of those things, come on over to patreon.com. Sponsor us there. Help us keep this show going. Yeah, that would be amazing. And if you can do that, and check us out on iTunes and subscribe and leave a five-star review. We'd love you forever. That would satisfy our birthday wishes. (laughs) Absolutely. But let's satisfy your guys' wishes, and let's talk about some podcasts. So, if you guys heard last week's show, you know, thank you for indulging (laughs) us while we recapped everything there was to do with Bachelor Nation recap podcasts and articles and the show itself, of course. We had so much fun listening to those shows, and we had fun doing the show for you guys last week. But I really needed a palate cleanser. Yeah. So I have been listening to so many new podcasts this week. Going back to my old podcasts that I neglected and picking them up as well. But, I mean, look at, you can see, Erica can see my list of everything I listened to this week. It's so long. I have been a a podcast junkie this week. So can I pop some stuff up for you? Please do. Okay. So I listened to a show this week um, called Y-O-Y. And it's a show that I found just kind of dicking around and going through lists. And unfortunately, there are no more new episodes. She ended the show in December of 2017. I hate hate it too, but I went. But there's about 50 some episodes to go to go back to. So it's a um, modern relationship type podcast. So I know everything. Not my lane. Totally your lane. And this is why I'm telling you because I think you're really gonna like it. Um, the first episode I listened to was number 51, Ghosting Stories, which, funny, she released oh. it on Halloween oh, last right. year, and it was all like, just people's experiences with being ghosted or having ghosted yeah. someone in a dating sense. But the show I really liked was called End of the World Sex. Oh. And if that's the title of your show, yeah, I'm going to click on yeah, that yeah. and see what it is. It's entirely centered around people's sexual experiences, stay with me, related to election night in 2016. Oh, my God. So... Um, just all of these women and couples talking about how that night, and it was very, very uh, liberal-leaning bent to this podcast, I will say. There was no, like, Trumper that was like, I had the greatest victory sex that night. <laughs> it was, I mean, for instance, one woman that she interviewed was a journalist herself and was in the office late and realizing what was happening as the election counts came in and how this guy she had just started talking to on Bumble was like, hey... I, I I know, like, having talked to you, mm-hmm. you're probably in a real bad spot right now. Do you want to come over for some end-of-the-world sex? And she said she did. And yeah. that is what she needed. And then another woman rehooked back up with an ex-boyfriend. Um, one couple broke up. It's like they were both um, Hillary supporters, and they were so devastated that it led the man to realize, like, this relationship isn't working out oh either. God. Like, I'm, he said, he just, as they started to realize Trump was going to win, he looked up at her and said, I don't want to marry you. This is going nowhere. And they broke up. And then another story was this woman who had an ex email her and try to get back in by consoling her for the loss. And she was like, fucker, you're using this to try to come at me when I have blocked you on text, blocked you on social media. And he emailed her. That's how he got in. So, um, 
go go listen to it. Yes. And I have so many more on my list that I've ticked off of ones that I want to listen to uh-huh. later. But why oh why? Awesome. Yes. Well, I too was trying to listen to a lot of podcasts this week, but I also hardcore palate cleansed with some music just to like Yeah, I feel just you. Re hit a I just, hard reset. I, I listen to body. a lot of lithium, I'm serious, oh, in the car the this week. Channel, I just it's a good channel. I can't. <laughs> yeah. So I listened to like a handful of variety all across the board, but mm-hmm. um, I was listening to one yesterday while doing some cooking and cleaning called Adult Shit. And shit is spelled with a one. Okay. So I think that's probably so they can get away with writing adult shit. Probably. Like a podcast. But then again, there's so many bitches and betches and shit like that yeah. out there. So I don't understand that. Whatever. It's a choice they made. It is. But it's hosted by Kelsey Dara and Kate Peterman. They're both from BuzzFeed. Oh, so, I, I mean. Love BuzzFeed. Love BuzzFeed. It's, you know, it's like the new Facebook. Like, if you have an hour to kill, you just kind of go and play on BuzzFeed. Like, what's going on? Oh, I totally. Personality quizzes. Distracts me from work all the time. Exactly. I should be working, but I have to know the 30, 23 funniest tweets by women this week. Exactly. Um, I mean, BuzzFeed gave us a Matt Bellisai. Sure did. And he's got his own podcast now. And yep. a lot of people are doing stuff. So it's these two girls, and it's just kind of like a pop culture podcast. And on the one I just listened to, they had Tan France from Queer Eye on. And oh, so you they love Queer Eye? love Queer Eye, and they FaceTimed with him. Oh, fun. Which was even more exciting, and they were only supposed to have 20 minutes with him, mm-hmm. but he was like, you guys are my last interview of the day, fuck it, let's go. And so they talked for like 40 minutes, oh, and cool. that was really cool, because he was like, oh, I'm not from LA, a lot of the guys are LA or New York based, he's like, I live in Salt Lake City, Utah, I'm married to a Mormon man, like, oh, really? he's like, I'm British, but I'm, you know, Pakistani and like, mm-hmm. Muslim, he was just like, I'm not what you would expect, and so, like, so kind of hearing more about him was really interesting. As well as, like, as a stylist, they're like, okay, quick question. When you even just meet people on the street, do you look them up and down and go, no other choices I in the closet today? <laughs> <laughs> um, can I ask a podcast question? Yes. How was the audio quality having hearing him over FaceTime? So that um, was a quieter section of the podcast. So in the beginning, they kind of did their own thing and they talked. And they're like funny they're girls, but yeah, top. but they're, I don't want to say aggressive, but their style is you have to be in the right mind frame to kind of hear a lot of, like, aggressive talking and stuff okay. not swearing sure. necessarily but you know sometimes things just kind of hit you and you're like oh skip 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 yeah and some people's personalities can be a little much exactly they're so extra they're like, would extra, you say yes but like there's still good content up to the end of the day but then they were like heads up we you know skype and facetime with him cool. the audio is going to drop a little bit okay. and so it does hey, they give you the heads up then you absolutely that. yeah and they do that thing where they come back at the end and then close out their podcast but yeah you can tell like they were facetiming with them and you know it was a little muddled, but it was still really cool. And, like, they got that extra 20 minutes with him, so they got to even deep dive further. So it was just Lucky great to them. hear. I mean, these guys are everywhere right now. They are yeah. truly the new Fab Five. And mm-hmm. a lot of that, like, is it legit? Do you guys really like each other? How does this work? And so he said when they were all going through their interviews and, like, auditions, if you will, the five of them just kind of clicked. And oh, they really? were like, we weren't being put into a five subset. We were doing all these other things, but the five of us were like, I kind of think this, this is works. a weird experience. If none of us get hired or some of us get hired, I think the five of us could just stay friends. And so, like, on that day that they all met, they started a group chat, and it hasn't gone away. Wow. Which is just like, could you so, imagine scrolling back through that group chat? Oh, it must have been a really magical chemistry, because obviously Netflix went with it, too. Uh-huh. They hired all five of those guys, you're yep. saying. Wow. How yeah. about that? And then, so then that's great. And yeah. you know, you're loving the show. Absolutely. You loved because you spun through <laughs> season one and now you have to mourn it until they create season two. Okay. Beef with Netflix, if I may. Uh-huh. So you scroll. Are you listening, Ashley? <laughs> yeah, I know people who are there. Um, but so dear Netflix, don't tell me that there's like, oh, click here for episodes. And then you see like a scroll list of 10 episodes. 
but there's only six episodes, but the last four in the queue are like, here's the 30-second trailer we put out. Oh, here's the bullshit. The That's bullshit. Yes. I think I've got ten episodes to watch, and I hit episode six, and they're like, thanks for coming. I'm like, what? I think you need to write a strongly worded strongly email. Strongly worded email. Or just tweet. Yeah. That's oh. how business gets done in America nowadays. <laughs> Turns out it is. But yeah, anyway, adult shit. Um, and I follow the girls on um, Instagram as well. They're pretty funny. All right. Um, I listened to another new one this week that is still coming out. They're a fairly new podcast, maybe 20, maybe about as many episodes as us. Okay. It's called By the Book. Okay. Two women, unfortunately, I did not write down the names of the hosts, but they their shtick is these two women, both married with family, so like regular working moms, they read self-help books and then follow the advice <gasps> of the book for yes, up to two that weeks. That sounds hilarious. Yes, and then come back and podcast about what their experiences are. Uh-huh. So I had plenty. I was scrolling through their list of episodes and trying to think, like, oh, what book am I going to listen to them talk about? You know, they had the five love languages. Okay. And, the uh, like, I think they had Girl Boss on there. Yeah. But I stopped and I listened to this one because it's so fitting to us. They read and follow the advice of the Countess. Oh my God! Yes, yes. Luann Dellis. Luann Dellis Epps, one of our Real Housewives of New York uh, housewives, wrote a book a few years ago called "Class with the Countess." <laughs> <laughs> now let's all remind ourselves: Luann is not actually a countess. She married a count, kind of like a distant count. Yes, and a girlfriend is from Connecticut. Girlfriend, yes, yeah, she's a nurse from Connecticut. But anyway, she did write this book, so the ladies read it, and they followed the advice of Luann, and had very different experiences, the two of them. So first of all, one of them is a massive Housewives fan, and the other had never seen any of it, and just had that general disdain for Housewives. in 2018, people haven't even caught five minutes of an episode. Well, I also, by understanding, but kind of looking at their picture, the woman that was not involved seemed to be maybe in her later 40s, earlier 50s. Okay. And oh, I remember her name. The younger woman's name now, I remember it's uh, Jakarta, I think. But she is our age. Okay. She is a, an older millennial, if uh-huh. you will. I think maybe even a little bit younger than us because she talked about how she's been watching that since she was in her teenage years. Okay. And I know for us, we were in our early 20s when yeah. Housewives started. So um, she had a real... I so, when you said that. Sorry. <laughs> the younger woman had a real affinity for the housewives and really enjoyed taking the advice of the countess. For yeah. instance, like, I'll wear heels every day. Like, I do wear heels, but this is the advice of the countess. So um, the younger woman really kind of enjoyed it and thought it was fun. The older woman really did not like this, thought it was stupid, which is the kind of woman, too, that... It was very much into, I dress for comfort, you know, uh-huh. my husband can figure himself out, whereas yeah. Countess Luann's, I've never read the book, but evidently her advice is very kind of 50s housewife-ish. You know, make your husband happy when he comes home from work, make sure you get a drink in his hand right away, um, be wearing makeup and clothes when your husband comes home, don't be in yoga pants and a messy bun, wear heels, uh, unless you're running around the city, in which case ballet flats are acceptable oh, good to during know. your errands, right, and... Um, they get into a fight, basically. No way. So, well, it actually, on the podcast, they get into this fight where one of them actually walks off air, but then they come back and they say, okay, that was actually a dramatic interpretation of a Real housewife scene, because they get into a pretty solid fight, and they're, like, throwing cuss words and stuff, and one storms off the air, but then they come back and they say, okay, we dramatized that on purpose, but honestly, God, off air, we did get into a tiff about it, because the one with the affinity for the housewives was, like... Don't talk about my friends like that. Yes. <laughs> you know, she was being offended by, yes. the, by the other woman saying, like, this is so stupid. Who watches these shows? They're all trashy people, full of filth. And it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I know that. Yeah. But it's like, 
you can't diss my family. I have my own issues with my family and I can say it, but you can't come at me and say anything about my family. Nope. That's, that's mine. So it was super interesting. And then they did an epilogue to that episode. So they did a two-parter. And on the epilogue, they brought in Casey Wilson. <gasps> they got her to call in to basically um, mediate them. No way. <laughs> and really explain why people have this affinity for the housewives. Yes. We know they're garbage people. Yeah. We know they're doing trashy things. But um, it was super fun to listen to as a Housewives fan. I liked the, uh, the way the podcast was laid out. I liked the host. How do they know Casey? I don't know how they got a hold of her. I don't, I have any idea. So jealous. I don't know. They, they had sponsors and stuff, so maybe oh, yeah, it's like legit. your people talk to her people, you know, we made mm-hmm. a thing. So that was fun. Buy the book. Nice. Okay. So I have two more pop-ups. Okay. I was trying to figure out in my head which one to do next. So I now know the second one that I want to talk about and why it's going to work. Yay. I listened to the I Don't Get It podcast with Ashley Iconetti from The Bachelor yep. and her sister, Lauren Iconetti, who has only become popular because her sister was on The Bachelor. Well, she was on Bachelor in Paradise, remember, that one season. And that's what I'm saying is that, like, Ashley wouldn't go to Bachelor in Paradise unless her her sister sister could come. And the producers were like, are you fucking kidding me? And the sister was a hot mess and didn't stay long. Yeah, she was dating, like, a 50-year-old guy who was in a marriage and slept for him. But then also, so it's three women hosting the I Don't Get It podcast. The other one is um, Naz Perez, and she is an ex Bachelor producer that, oh. that the girls have become really good friends with. Okay. So their podcast um, is kind of different than the uh, almost famous one with Ben and Ashley where it's very specifically into the Bachelor world. This one is very pop culture. Talk about anything. A lot of Taylor Swift talk. A lot of, you know, <laughs> those kinds of things. But the one I listened to. Right up your was, alley. <laughs> right up my alley. Was episode 60. And it was Ben Higgins and of Jared... Course. Havian, I think is how you say his last name, uh-huh. they um, are on the show, and they call their crushes from high school. Funny. And tell them, like, hey. It's so, like, Jared calls his girl, and is like, hey, like, yeah, I know we, like, reconnected, like, on social media recently, like, hope you're doing well. So, remember that one day around Valentine's Day, in, like, you know, ninth grade, you had, like, broken your foot, so you couldn't run anymore, and I sent you, like, a rose, and she was like, that was so sweet, because I was going through that, you know not running and I broke a bone. Uh-huh. He's like, oh, I kind of just like really liked you. And you took it as me saying, sorry about your broken foot, but I really kind of wanted to I date trying you. to go on a date with you. <laughs> yes. And she was like, Oh, okay. Like, so I'm sorry. If a man gives me flowers, I'm expecting a proposal next. Like I'm going <laughs> to jump on that. <laughs> like a 14 year old might not so much. Oh, not want a proposal. No. I want a promise ring. There you go. But like, they were all just friends. So like, you know, it's these guys calling their crushes. And so then Ben calls a girl, but, this was confusing because he dated her. Oh. It wasn't like a crush. Okay. But then they broke up and they're still really good friends and hang Maybe out. It's because Ben Higgins has never had a crush on someone he hasn't managed to date. <laughs> so he, That's has, what I he mean. has no, like, misconnections. No, ben Higgins dates anybody he wants to. <laughs> exactly. Um, but so it was just really funny. I'll and it like, got to me thinking, like, could you imagine if somebody called you and was like, hey, like, I really wish I would have asked you to prom, but I was too nervous and I had a massive crush on you, like... Would things have changed? Like, if you yeah. had gone to the prom with that person? Could would that we have, have been children your now? Right. Exactly. If then. If then. Would you have gotten that promise ring that you're dying for? Like, <laughs> who knows? But so it was just a fun 30-minute episode. Oh, it's only 30. Yeah, okay. it was only 30 minutes, so it was really funny. Just cool. cute. Little pop-up. I'm going to pop up one more thing. And I'm not actually going to talk about any episode in particular, but there's a podcast that I've listened to here and there over the like last year or so, um, definitely not on my list all the time, but I really like it, and I know it's a really popular one, called Savage Love. Oh, yeah, that started playing the other day on mine. Oh, yeah? Just like, you know, you stop, and it's like clicked over to the next one. I was like, what is this? Um, So the host is Dan Savage, and Mm -hmm. 
Dan Savage is a journalist, but he really shot to fame a few years ago with the It Gets Better movement. Mm-hmm. Um, if you folks remember, there was um, in the news pretty frequently, unfortunately, um, a lot of teens committing suicide because they were gay yeah. and the, the bullying. bullying and the um, unacceptance that they were feeling was leading them to commit suicide. And um, it, I don't know if it's stronger numbers. I don't know the stats than before, but it was at least uh, reported on very frequently in this yeah. month period of time. And so Dan Savage came out. He started this campaign called the hashtag it's, it gets better telling these kids like, yes, it's a little bit tough to be different when you're an adolescent, but when you grow into an adult and he really got other celebrities and other very successful and even midly successful, um, homophobic, homosexual people <laughs> to come out and share their stories and yeah. hashtag it gets better. Like, look at the life I have now. You will make it through. You'll be okay. So anyway, that's who Dan Savage is. He hosts a podcast now about love and advice, and I would say he's the um, life, love line for the current generation. I can agree with so that. So he takes questions um, from the audience. I think you have to tweet or email or you mm-hmm. know submit them because he doesn't talk to anybody live on the air that I've yeah. heard. But the kind of advice he gives is so um, liberating and self-positive and body positive and like the honest to God shit that maybe even your girlfriend would be too afraid to tell you. Oh wow. Um, I really enjoy it. And I, I think it's a very, uh, healthy sex, um, way of thinking the uh-huh. kind of advice that he gives. So I totally recommend that podcast. Awesome. I like to listen to it every now and then. Nice. Just sprinkle it in. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Well, I started listening to a new one this week called keep it. Mm-hmm. And it was actually recommended by my friend Rachel, who's coming I've down seen next that on weekend. A list. Not heard it, but yeah, um, the logo's kind of cool. It's like a pastel background, and it's like the Hollywood sign, but instead of Hollywood, it says "Keep It." Okay, maybe I haven't seen that one. It just sounds like something else. That's then. cool. Anyway. Um, so yes, yeah, so my friend Rachel had said, like, I don't know if you're listening to this one or not. She was like, but the girl who's on the show, her name's Kara. She was like, I just feel like I'm listening to you. Like, this is your oh, voice yes. podcast doppelganger. And I was like, awesome. So I took a listen. And I listened to their very first episode, um, and they've only been podcasting for maybe two and a half months. Is so it a single it is really host? New. No, there's three hosts. Okay. So the hosts, um, actually, it's a host kind of, Ira Madison the third, and then he has on Kara Brown. She's a writer on the TV show Grownish. Oh yeah, Ira and Kara were both recently on Bitch Sesh. Oh okay, amazing. Yeah, I heard interviews with them on there. Awesome. Okay. So then they also have comedian Louis Vertel on with mm-hmm. that. Okay, cool. And so the episode I listened to was called Leave Oprah Alone. <laughs> so if you remember, this is like a, it starts in January, so it's all about the Golden Globes, uh, the yeah. Me Too movement. Okay, yeah, Oprah is an amazing, like, auditor, like, you know, auditory and things. But that doesn't mean she should be president, like, but yeah, if somebody is a successful billionaire, do I think that that could work? If you're a not successful billionaire, you're not making it work. Um, but so just a lot of stuff, like, why she shouldn't run for president. Um and what was really cool about this show is that it's very pop culture driven, but with mm-hmm. a political undertone. Yeah. So if you're really listening. That's when I got out of Bitch Sash for sure. Exactly. So it was really great. A couple of things they said were hilarious. But like I said, you know, I don't need to reiterate the Oprah thing. We've already talked about it. And I think that one's kind of, you know, dead and done. But um, at the end of their episodes, they have what's called Keep It. Mm-hmm. So if you think we talk about our obsessions and what we love, their version of Keep It would be. Be like, I'm not into that. You keep it. Like, you keep that away from me. So Kara's was the fact that after the Golden Globes, Greta Gerwig, who wrote Lady Bird, recently did work with Woody Allen and backstage. Yeah. They asked her about it. And she just like, as Kara said, let out 30 seconds of air that maybe words were in there too. Like, I'm she just bullshitted her, way bullshitted her way through. She's like, I'm just so tired of people not saying, listen, I get it. 
creep, did some things, but fuck, working with him is going to advance my career. So here's where we are. Yeah, I wish people would be honest about that. Uh-huh. Yeah, Selena Gomez is in the hot seat. Justin Timberlake. Too. Yeah. And, yeah, and they were like, Justin Timberlake is going to bat for Woody Allen on a movie that fucking sucks. Yeah, Like, why? Hey, what are you doing? Keep it alone, man. Yeah. Keep it. Keep it. I get it. Keep it. Love it. So then Lewis is, was um, on Jimmy Kimmel recently quote-unquote, January. Got it. He had on Meryl Streep, like, prepping her for, like, the Golden Globes and everything and was asking her, could she name all of her movies that she was nominated for for an Oscar? I bet she can't. She can. Oh, okay. And through it, she said, you know, whatever name of the movie. And Jimmy was like, no, I'm so sorry. That's wrong. And she was like, excuse you? He's like, the real title of the movie is X. This guy was like, first of all, don't you fucking come for Meryl Streep. <laughs> do not correct do Meryl. Do not correct Meryl Streep. He's like, in second, your shitty PA didn't even do a good job of, you know, Googling everything because you used IMDb to look up all of her winning oh, movies. Was Meryl right? Meryl was right, but the guy, like, Jimmy was like, oh, it's not, you know, the house around the corner. It's the house down the street. And she's like, it's the house around the corner. <laughs> the house down the street was the title in Australia. So he was just, like, getting Jimmy. his Jimmy. So he's like, Jimmy, you fucking keep it. If you're going to play games like this, no. <laughs> so then the last one, Ira's, was really interesting. He talked about Tessa Thompson's apology to Lena Dunham. Lena Dunham back in, you know, the Me Too hate, like, when it was really rising up, mm-hmm. took, like, a tweet of a photo of a bunch of women who had gotten together in regards to the Me Too movement. And Lena Dunham had said, like, I'm proud to be part of the group. And Tessa Thompson was like, Ugh. But you don't do anything. You're bad for feminism. You're bad for this Me Too movement. You know, a woman came out and said a writer on your staff assaulted her, and you went, no. Yeah. And you defended the yeah. man. They were like, you were literally the worst. So he was just <laughs> like, I'm so fucking tired of people having to apologize to Lena Dunham. Lena Dunham, Dunham is the Jax Taylor of Hollywood. <laughs> That's a Vanderpump Rules Vanderpump reference. Vanderpump Rules and reference. An excellent one. Excellent reference. Like, does shitty things, and yet we all keep allowing them to do that and not get in trouble for their behavior. I don't. I'm part of the over Lena Dunham party. I am fully over Lena Dunham. I'm fully done with episode one of Keep It and cannot wait to catch up with the rest of them, but it was really, really good. I think I'm going to get on board with that uh-huh. one, because I remember, like I said, they were on Bitch Sesh, because they were promoting that, so it must have been back in January. They've yeah. had Kara Brown on a couple of times. She's excellent. She's excellent, and Ira, I mean, I remember his... Um, his voice really yeah. got me, and he's really well-spoken and articulate. He reminded me, just in listening to him, of Van Jones from CNN. Yeah, I can totally see that. Yeah, and I remember being like, oh, Amy, write down the name of that podcast uh-huh. before you forget. Forget it. Well, thank you for reminding You're me. Welcome. I'm excited it. to listen to that, for you sure. You can keep it. I will keep it. Should we jump in and, like, deep dive? Yeah, I have one this week podcast. that's kind of cool, so I'm excited to hear what you have. All right, well, let me let me get you first. Um, I This is a true crime podcast, you guys. What? Everybody get your surprise face on. But this one is a twist. Okay. So this is a new podcast. Uh, it's three episodes in right now. It's called Disgraceland. As in, like, Graceland? As in Graceland, so think Elvis. The logo is actually that, like, famous bust of Elvis in the yeah. white suit. But zombified. So the whole premise is true crime stories, but about like rock stars. And either crimes against them or that they committed that's kind of low and very um, here for this. Yes, underground. And you really would be because I know you're a big Uh music fan and you know a lot about the music industry. So uh, the first one I listened to was about Sam Cooke, and I told you about it a couple nights ago. Um, that was a great episode. Turns out he's a dirtbag. Turns out. Um, but this episode that I want to talk about today is about Sid Vicious. Okay. Do you know who Sid Vicious is? Because like, I didn't. Um, kind of like 80s 
rock star. 70s, yeah. 70s, late 70s. Yeah, but, like, if I... It's not my style of music, but that kind of just, like, all black, but, like, yeah. skinny rocker jam. Very punk. Very punk. Very like, punk. Like, at that start of that 80s punk becoming a big... Definitely. So, the host, by the way, is Jake Brennan. And okay. he is fantastic. Yeah. I don't know who's producing this podcast, but it's one of the best uh, production values in a podcast I've heard awesome. in quite a while. And I think that's why this one and the story grabbed me so much. And I'm going to talk about it as I recap it through. Okay. But Sid Vicious was the bassist for a British band called Sex Pistols. Yes. Do you listen to Sex Pistols? I've heard their music, but it's not a go-to for yeah, me. Yeah, like I've heard of them. Couldn't, yeah. sh- couldn't sing you a tune right now. I don't think that they sang any. I think punk rock is not just so saying as it's screamed at you. Not about, not about the lyrics? No, it's screamed at you. So, like I said, the episode is about Sid Vicious. It's called Sid Vicious, colon, Love Kills. Uh, which uh, I think either must have been a slogan of his, because I looked him up on Google a uh-huh. little bit to get some images so I could yes. like, picture him in my head. Um, and everything is like, Sid Vicious, Love Kills. I don't know if it's one of their songs okay. or if it's a slogan of his. Anywho, moving on. It's his brand. So, Sid Vicious actually... Uh, he, like I said, he was the basis of Sex Pistols. At terrible instrumentation, from what I understand, like, couldn't actually play all that well. Just oh. his persona of who he was got him into this band. Um, he had a really rough childhood. He was born to a single mother named Anne Beverly, and she was drug addicted his entire life. When he, for his 16th birthday, she gave him a uh, baggie of smack and needles. What? And as a young kid, I don't know what exactly I got a she did. Yeah, I don't know exactly what she did, but um, she used him as a drug mule. Like, she would put drugs in his diapers on, like, planes and stuff. And so, mom's not a great uh, role model, if you will, but she she and Sid were actually very close and always were up until his death. So... You know, he is heavy into drugs as an adolescent and into, well, his entire life, really, and becomes a spacist, like I say, for the Sex Pistols. Um, And I just have to say, again, with the production value, this podcast starts, and it's walking you through what it's like to be at Rikers Island Prison in New York, because Sid spends some time there, Okay, and uh, talking about how rape was rampant, and Mm -hmm. it just smells like piss, and... um, you know, Rikers is not the place to be. Not, not where you want to be. Sid spent about seven weeks there, so I'll go ahead and spoil it for you because they do in the podcast anyway. He killed his girlfriend, Nancy um, Spungen. Yeah, I mean, the Sid and Nancy love story is... Yes. That's kind of... That's a kind of iconic thing. When I was even looking at images love of them kills. today... Love kills. Love um, <laughs> Harry Hamlin and Lisa Rinna dressed up for them, uh, dressed up as them for Halloween even oh, a couple okay. of years ago. So he... Think it. He is... <laughs> sorry, wait, wait. Even in this murder thing you go through... I have to throw a housewife in. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I'm not embarrassed. This is who I am. Own it. I'm keeping it. Yes, keep it. Um, anywho, he is what you think he is. He's super skinny and drug-addled, tatted. He's got crazy black hair. She is a just heroin floozy, also incredibly skinny. He has, like, this big, curly, uh, blonde hair, big red lipstick all the time. Uh, they wind up meeting while he's in the Sex Pistols because she's basically a professional groupie. Uh-huh. She's one of those girls that spends her life going to rock shows and getting herself backstage to fuck the the musicians. So she actually, um, Sid Vicious was like not her first choice. She was trying to fuck Johnny Rotten, who's the front band mm-hmm. of Sex Pistols, but he passed on her and uh, Sid was like, I'll take a go. Let's and they wind up falling in love. They clicked. They fell in love. Uh, she was 19 at the time. Like I said, this was in London. And then the podcast host kind of talks about how 
vulnerable um, Sid is because he didn't really have an appropriate upbringing and um, kind of always searching for that mother's love. Nancy becomes his caretaker, basically. She makes sure he has his drugs all the time. She gets him where he needs to go. She makes sure he doesn't have too much drugs that he ODs, but makes sure he keeps his fix up. Uh She's obviously on drugs as well. And so the the two of them together are toxic, but they're in love and they're doing crazy shit. And the band and the manager realize, like, Sid is going further down the wrong path, even though she's trying to take care of him. Yeah. um, It's not good for him and it's not good for the band. So they try to break them up by the manager setting up an American tour for the Sex Pistols. Okay. So he is separated from her and he's separated from drugs while he's on tour, at least for the most part. He's not getting as much as he would get with Nancy. And he starts withdrawing and going crazy and he carves into his chest, give me a fix. So until he dies, he has this permanent branded tattoo, give me a fix across his chest. And so the tour falls apart because he's such a mess. And after this, the band dismembers. Yeah. So uh, he goes back to London and goes immediately back to Nancy, who's there waiting for him. And he decides he's going to start a solo career. Mm-hmm. So Nancy is now his manager. Mm-hmm. So she is fully controlling him. And they said, you know, this is the kind of couple that fucks all the time and yeah. fights in public. Uh-huh. But it's it's hot and it's, you know, they're crazy and they're bad for each other. But they're so crazy in love. You can't get between them. Um, And then his mom is around, too. And his mom is very motherly. And she and Nancy are kind of competing a little bit over who's more important to him. So Sid picks. And he picks Nancy. And they wind up moving to New York City because he's going to start his solo career. And she's Mm going to manage him. And they move into the Chelsea Hotel. Oh. Which is still an iconic thing now. But in in this late 70s time period, it was sex, drugs, and rock and roll all the time at the Chelsea Hotel. All of the rock stars were either living there or partying there. It was a den of sin, Uh basically. And they are living it up large there. But it turns out back in this time, good smack is hard to find, as I write (laughs) down. And um, they're not getting, like, a reliable source of drugs all of the time. Okay. And, in fact, sometimes they're getting, like, shitty drugs or they have to go to really shady parts of the city to get the good stuff. So Nancy, for Sid's protection, gives him a switchblade. Okay. Okay. So, it is 1978. Sid needs a fix. Nancy doesn't know where to, how to get him any, so she throws a party in the room that they're living at, at the Chelsea Hotel, and she's basically inviting people over and asking them to bring drugs. Got it. And they're just not getting the good shit. They're getting synthetics, and I'll, I have to tell you, like... Again, going back to how the host tells us the story. Uh-huh. There's a music under bed as he's telling us this, and it's building, and it's making you feel more uncomfortable. The more and more uh-huh. he's telling us how uncomfortable Sid and Nancy are because they're about to hit withdrawal, it's it's getting tenser and tenser. And like you're kind of getting irritated, like, listening. Right, and then he starts almost going into slam poetry. Cool. Like, have you ever seen Requiem for a Dream? No. Okay, so I mean, that is a drug movie, yeah. and the it's brilliant, and the, the director, every time they get a hit, goes to this sequence, uh-huh. that like, and then the, the colors change, yeah. and the way the movie is shot changes. Oh yeah, I heard it's beautiful when it's it comes beautiful. to that. It's beautiful. It's a terrifying, disgusting movie in the sense, like, watching this, these people go down the uh-huh. hole, but the way that it conveys to you that the people are on drugs now versus how uncomfortable they are when they are yeah. um, sober... It's this podcast is almost just through the voice and through the music building you up like that. Uh So they're getting more and more desperate for drugs. They're getting some synthetics in, but it's not doing it. And then they're able, they're on a ton of pills and a ton of booze, but they need heroin. 
So they, they can't get it. And the party breaks up and they still don't have their heroin and they're going into withdrawal. And they're doing this thing where they're like alternating, holding each other because they hurt, like, because they, you know, the physical pains. Yeah. They soothe and they take turns soothing. And she starts being like, we should have gone out earlier in search of drugs. And she just won't stop talking and won't stop <gasps> talking and won't stop talking. And see, like, I'm even doing it. Yeah. Like, this is the way that I heard the show. And then Sid comes to. And his knife is in her stomach, and she's dead. And he doesn't remember. So he kind of deduces that he killed her. Yeah. And he's, you know, this is the love of his life. Uh-huh. So he gets arrested, and he goes to Rikers. And he goes back to talking about how it didn't matter that he was a rock star when he was at Rikers. No. He was young. I mean, he was skinny and kind of pretty, and he was a rape. Oh, yeah. A whole bunch. So he spends seven weeks at Rikers. Before mom and can get together enough money to bond him out. Uh-huh. And with the help of a friend or whatever, they do bond him out. He's got a lawyer, like a really fancy lawyer that Mick Jagger actually on the sly was paying for. Oh, it's not surprising. To get him out of this. He's got a meeting with the lawyer in the morning. But as every good mother does, to welcome her son home from prison. Homemade cookies? Homemade heroin? Not homemade, but throws a giant party where she provides him heroin for her baby boy. She knows that he needs it. But she actually got some sort of, she got something shitty and he got like mad at her and they send a friend out to go get good drugs and the good friend scores. Uh So he comes back and um, he, Sid Vicious is finally able to shoot up and now he's been clean for seven weeks. Yeah. And so they had to be very careful with him to shoot him up just to the right amount where he wouldn't die. Uh-huh. But now he's finally high again for the first time after seven weeks and he's begging them to shoot him more and to shoot him more. The podcast host talks about his new girlfriend. They were actually partying at his new girlfriend's place. How he managed to find a new relationship yeah. after he was in prison for seven weeks is a little beyond me, but groupies do whatever. Yep. So even the girlfriend won't shoot him up again, and so he's kind of going back into a withdrawal, begging for more drugs, laying on the floor, and his mother gives him a final shot of, of heroin, and he does OD and dies. And the rumor to this day is that it was evidently, in the drug world, what is called a hot shot. Mm. That it, the mother purposely OD'd him because she couldn't face him going back to jail. Yeah. She knew he was heartbroken over Nancy. Like, th- this was the mother's love that wow. to, to kill him would finally bring him peace. And she loved him so much that that's what she did. Of course, she was never charged with criminally, yeah. you know, anything. She did confess to a journalist later on that she did it on uh-huh. purpose to OD him. And then she died herself of a heroin overdose in 1996. How old was he when he died? Um, I'm not sure. It was in it was in January of 79. So this I was wondering if he was part of the 27 Club. Oh, I, I don't know. It was not mentioned. So that is the story of Sid Vicious. And again, that's the Disgraceland podcast. That sounds really good. Yeah. Totally up my alley. Totally up your alley for sure. Music, history, Mm -hmm. and all Mm -hmm. that kind of. There's a little depth in the end, but still. It's like a little depth in the end. A little bit of crime. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And like I said, really well done. The host, super props. Awesome. Well, I went back to an old (laughs) podcast that I like to listen to every Mm -hmm. now and then, Love and Radio. Oh, yeah. We've talked about them for sure. We have talked about Love and Radio. So this one um, is from... About a month ago, February 22nd, Mm -hmm. it's only 36 minutes long, and it's called Eternity Through Skirts and Waistcoats, and it was actually originally broadcast in 2015, and I think a lot of these must be very, like, NPR-esque kind of pieces that they're now formulating Mm -hmm. into these podcasts. So it's with Nora Vincent, and she is an immersive journalist. 
And so the whole an immersive journalist. Immersive I don't know if I've heard that term before. Um, you probably think of method acting. Okay. It's immersive. Oh, so she lives the story. She lives her story while she's writing. Exactly. Okay. So um, the show starts out with a anonymous voicemail of a woman calling in, admitting like suicidal thoughts and how like her husband doesn't know that she has these thoughts and but you know she's working through it and she hopes if anybody is hearing this voicemail that they'll understand like you can work through it and you can be okay. Uh-huh. So it's just like an odd, eerie way to the start story. out the podcast. And then like we just get a lot about Nora's background, how she always felt different growing up and really hated wearing skirts and dresses. And for her to do it, it something must be happening. And people would comment on like, oh, you're not in pants today, Nora. And so mm-hmm. she just, you know, never understood why she didn't want to do those kinds of things until she was older and met a woman and realized, oh, I'm a lesbian. Got it. A lot of these things are clicking. So um, she became a journalist in 1998, writing for The Village Voice, Mm -hmm. which is huge in New York, and then also still is, and then still um, got a couple of columns with the LA Times, but was kind of getting in trouble with that world um, because she was considered to be a very conservative lesbian and just didn't... Like politically conservative? um, I don't think politically. Like, she does go on later to talk about her feelings in regards to, like, gender and sexuality. Uh Uh-huh. She was like, you know, yeah, my dog is a female. Like, I'm not going to listen to my dog. I'm like, no, but tell me how you feel on the inside. <laughs> so generally, that's a female. Let's move it on. She's not into those kind of PC terminologies that we know it. about today. Okay. All right. So that makes her kind of a like, conservative. Kind of like Caitlyn Jenner, like, doesn't give a flying fuck about what she's supposed to say. She says <laughs> whatever. And then a lot of people um, do drag on her for being yeah. a, oh, I shouldn't have said drag. That's not <laughs> what I meant. <laughs> But, like, um, complain that yeah. she is a really bad role model for the uh, trans community. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you say drag. Because in the <laughs> early 2000s, Nora was watching a TV show, and I they played clips of it. And I'm like, I feel like I remember this show, too. You know, back when reality TV was starting, anything and everything was being thrown at the wall. Sure. When it came to a TV show. So she said she was watching a show, and she didn't say what it was called, but it was about, like, you know, six guys who were going to get made over and try to pass as women. And it was like, these guys work on cars during the day, but at night, can they pass for a woman? Like, Uh that kind of, like, spike TV annoying. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she was like, I was watching these guys, I'm like, you look like shit. I bet I could do better. So she does. So she goes on an entire year and goes through this huge transformation and lives her life as Ned. Okay. Okay. And so she was like, I've got a lot of advantages in my favor. I'm tall. I already have a low voice. I've always had short hair, like... So I got, like, a vocal coach and learned how to talk slower and talking slower. I can lower my voice. And, like, mm. those kinds of things. And she was, like, I had to learn to change my behavior. And she's, like, I was going to commit to living as Ned for an entire year. And so, um, sorry, it's getting, can you turn the light on? I can't yeah. find <laughs> Hold on. Let me turn the lamp on. Super sidebar. Sorry, guys. But, yeah, so she was saying that she worked out a lot just to try to, like, you know, build up muscles, the voice lessons, and um, had ways to change her physical sense like the way she would walk and carry herself and she ended up doing like you know a little goatee and um was getting you know like wig hair but then like doing a bunch of different stuff to like stick it on her face and Mm -hmm. kind of explaining her transformation stage makeup stage makeup and so she was just like you know there's different ways to be a man like you go to a restaurant and like hey what can i get for you steak medium rare water Potato. Potato. And she was like, but a woman's like, um, I will actually have the steak, medium rare, please. Um, I'll do the side mm-hmm. salad. Oh, can I get the dressing on the side? And if you have a second and don't even really rush, but <laughs> I could take another water whenever you have a minute. 
She's like, but if a woman was like steak, medium rare, they'd be like, well, this bitch at this? table seven. Ugh. Ugh. Right? And then we've both been servers. And she's like, men can get away with being a dick. So she had to learn to emulate that kind of personality. So she really committed to not just like living her life as a man, but trying to pass, truly pass as a man. So she joined a bowling league. It was on a bowling league for nine months. None of them knew. So in every interaction she had, it was as Ned. Like, she didn't have a few friends in her life that she'd be like, okay, I'm Nora with you guys. You know what she didn't say, but I think it was, like, um, the goal was to pass as like Ned. Out in public. Out in public. Okay. So, yeah. So, like I said, um, she went on dates with men and women. Mm-hmm. And um, she even joined or went, spent 10 days at a monastery. Okay. Uh-huh. And they were like, oh, that's why. And she's like, I just wanted to try to push myself through all of these different scenarios. And she said that... Um, the only time that there was kind of an issue is that when she would fly, she would have to fly as Nora because Ned can't go through TSA. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then she would go on the plane and get up as Nora, go down the aisle as Nora, go in the bathroom, and come out as Ned. Oh, oh. Because the goal is to, like, when the plane would land, I'm Ned now. Yeah. yeah. So she said that there was an uh, issue, if you will. Mm-hmm. It's a little post-9-11 world. She's going through TSA. Oh, yeah. And so Nora has committed to Ned so much that she now has an appendage. Oh, downstairs, shit. but can't really wear that when she's going through TSA, and so she had read that to put, you know, her dick in, like, <laughs> cornstarch or something, like a white powder, to keep it from oh, getting no. sticky, and so she said she's going through TSA as Nora, and they're scanning her bag, oh, and no. TSA opens up the bag, she's like, and I can see the look on the guy's face, like, I'm not fucking getting into this today, close <laughs> up the bag and send it down. Oh, no! Oh, that TSA always Johnny on the, on the spot right you know that guy was probably like not today Satan <laughs> fuck it you know he's back in the break room like dude I saw a dick and like white powder and I let it go like what do I do with myself <laughs> but so then she said she had a rule with herself at the end like if she was on a date with somebody after the third date hey there's something about me you're probably just not getting yet uh-huh. and often um the guys that she'd be on dates with would be like oh okay well you don't have the right equipment I get it like you're really cool she, the women would be, like, a little upset, like... Yeah, you're lied you, to. You're lied to. How could you do that to me? She's like, but oftentimes, the woman would be like, I mean, I'll still have sex if you want to. Uh, okay. 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 And she was Get just it, like, ladies. Be, be, open, be open, girls. Yeah, she was, like, the interesting thing that she was learning through this process is, like, the fluidity uh-huh. of men and women and gender. And um, she ended up writing a book called Self-Made Man. Okay. And uh, you have to look it up because the, um, like, the cover of the book is her, Nora on the top, and Ned on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would believe Ned if he was sitting next to me in a bar. I'm like, hey, I'm Ned. Like, oh, Erica. Was he good looking? Yeah, decent yeah. looking. Like, I mean, okay. Um, but she said what was so interesting is that, like, she found, like I said, like, you know, trying to retrain yourself in certain things. She was like, you know, the other day I was at a restaurant and the server was adorable. And I was like, oh, my God, you were just the cutest. <laughs> She's like, men don't ever say cute like that. Mm-hmm. She was like, learning to put on chapstick. I had to hold the chapstick and kind of, like, Run my oh, mouth yeah, men back do and forth. do that. They're weird like, with chapstick. They do. They don't oh They're my like, god, that's right. They just kind of hold the chapstick and like move their head back and forth. Oh my god, the you're right. Yes. <laughs> so like these are the things that she said that like if she didn't do that, that small thing would tip her off. Would yeah. tip her off. Because yeah, if you saw a guy that would like open up and like, uh, like putting on his chapstick, like we do with lip gloss, you'd be like, the fuck is wrong with this weirdo? Also, if they have anything besides like the black tube of actual chapstick or Carmex, yes. I'm like, mm. yeah. So she was just saying that the interesting thing that she learned is that in this world, women have such a larger bandwidth to be feminine, and that we assign femininity to 
putting on chapstick mm-hmm. when that's not necessarily the case. Yeah. And men really are restrained. Yeah. It doesn't mean they can get away with bullshit. But still, like... Children the plight of a white man? Basically. <laughs> basically. No, you're talking to like a lesbian woman. She's got a plight of her own. Yes. But um, that book, like I said, was released in 2006. Okay. And so her retelling the story, she's like, honestly, like, I just feel like when I go back to that story and that conversation of my life as Ned... So if you guys remember, that book came out in 2006, but I was Ned earlier than that. And I lived with this for so long. It's like forcing a kid to go back and play with Legos when they know how to play with lasers. Mm-hmm. You're really making me go back and revisit. And that was the point in the podcast where she really dives into the political correctness of everything. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you have, you're a white cisgendered person. She's like, it's a dude. Like, be done. Like, we are bogging ourselves relax down. a little bit. Yeah, she's like, I just feel like we're bogging ourselves down and... It's just stripping away when we try to put academia into everything that we're doing. So it was an interesting turning point. Yeah. I, I agree to some sense. And you and I have talked about this. Like at one point, you know, a lot of my favorite words have been taken away. Yeah. And yeah, like it's, I think that we are all airing on the side uh, of make no one uncomfortable. Yeah. But are we all getting participation trophies? Do we need to yeah. just get a tougher skin? Or do we need to be really sensitive mm-hmm. to people's... Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting it's a, conversation that's definitely yeah ongoing. It's a hard line. I have friends who are very much into that, and I think I said one day about something about like, oh, I'm a woman, and they're like, well, you identify as that, and I was like, I don't know how to identify as anything else. <laughs> so I guess get off. But so then this is where everything kind of changes a little bit. Like oh, okay. I said, the podcast had like this like waistcoat skirt title, and it's mm. like that has something to do with Ned. But okay. So she decided um, a couple of years ago that this immersion journalist side of her was. Excited. Like, what's the next step? She was always very obsessed with Virginia Woolf. Mm-hmm. So she decided to live a year in Virginia Woolf's life. Kind of like in a, <laughs> I know, in a okay. cabin, like in the woods. She and, needs more to do. I know. But like, write every day as if she were Virginia Woolf. And try to see, how, could she make herself Virginia Woolf so much that she could write as her? Mm-hmm. And produce great work like her. So, um, as a reminder, Virginia Woolf eventually did kill herself after she going sure crazy. And kind of just being so obsessed with death. That she filled her co- coat pockets with stones, stones yeah, and walked into the river. Have you ever seen The Hours? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Nicole Kidman does great in that. Did she get an Oscar for that? Yeah, probably. She's anyway, not. Moving on. She's a lot. But so um, this was a really hard thing for her to do. Like with Ned, she could kind of come home, take off the goatee, shake it out, mm-hmm. and go back to being Nora. But with Virginia Woolf, just that deep darkness was really hard for her to come out of. So every night when she would kind of click off, she would take one milligram of Clonopin and drink a bottle of wine and just try to like reset Ooh, herself. Uh, okay. And it was starting to not work. So oh, yeah, she you had need more and more. You need drugs. more drugs. So she had a friend staying with her in the cabin and her friend was like, maybe you don't just try to come down on your own. And she's like, no, I know better than that. Took three milligrams of Clonopin, drink a bottle of wine. Is one pill one milligram? Doesn't that I think you can get pills much? in milligrams that small. Yeah. I just feel like when I take an Advil, I think they're like 500 milligrams. Those are. But the big, like, yeah. Anyway. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. We'll Sorry. I don't know about drugs. <laughs> we really don't. I don't know. And we're not pharmacists either. But so like I said, one night she took three milligrams. She went three times what she had been doing and still drank a bottle of Ooh, wine. Yeah. And said that something just happened to her, like a full dissociation. Uh-huh. She wasn't there anymore. And she felt that that immersion into Virginia Woolf had really just come to the surface. So she was talking with her friend and just got up, went into the kitchen grabbed a knife, walked into the bathroom, and locked the door, filled with the bathtub, and tried to kill herself. No fucking way. Yeah. 
And she was just like, if you ask me why I did it, I would tell you I didn't try to commit suicide. She did. Because that Virginia wasn't Wolf me. Did. Just like not necessarily, you know, with the new the, persona she had taken over was not truly who she was deep down inside. Uh-huh. But this new immersion person was ready to go. Wow. And she was just like, I felt like I watched myself above like doing these things. And thankfully the knife was not sharp enough and she really oh, couldn't God. do much damage. But she does have a huge scar Sorry, inside of her thigh that she says she has to explain to people Especially new lovers and whatnot, like uh, this. Well, I think everyone knows deep sky thar, thigh scar <laughs> is probably not a good thing. Cutting. Yeah. It's cutting. So then her friend like couldn't get the door open. They had to call the police. The police had to get like one of those battering rams. And they were like, Nora, we're coming in. Jesus. And she was just like, that's fine. You can come in. She said like the way her behavior was was just so stone cold and just emotionless. Wow. So she just talks about this whole thing, like, what is too far in this immersion journalist world? That was too far. That was too <laughs> far. And then um, she does end up getting committed to a psych ward. You oh. know, when you try to kill yourself, that's going to happen. Baker Act, yeah. Baker Act. And so um, she's just, like, all of her thoughts on everything. But I will say, like, I, of course, wanted to, like, you know, Google that man bug. Like, what did you look like as a dude? Interested. Mm-hmm. And I was Googling more. Um, and they didn't say, because, like I said, this aired two years ago. But she ended up going on. And committing herself to a psych ward for one solid year. Like, kind of... Well, was that another journalist thing? Yes. Like, still kind of going through with it. And, like, everything is bringing her to the next chapter. So, like, the Ned thing was, like, she did so much manly things. Wow. Now let's live this life as another complete woman. And then that took her to the brink of suicide. And then the next step of this next book. It was unlike any other Love and Radio I'd ever listened to. But thoughtful and smart and... I don't know. It was interesting. It was crazy. She's hardcore, hardcore, man. Yeah, no. Nora don't bust around. She's not play. (laughs) Yeah, so like committing to the bit. Committing to the bit 100%. Um, But it was interesting, especially the stuff about Ned. Like that was the most Uh interesting. Especially like we talked about the chapstick. Would you really have ever thought that that was such a feminine versus man thing? And it is. I'm so innately feminine. Uh I think that I would feel miserably if I were to go undercover and drag. Oh, it would be like, you have to stop checking out those guys' butts. Like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, my bad. We're telling girls, like, oh, my God, I love your outfit. <laughs> they would be like, Eric, we know what you're doing. <laughs> Amir, <laughs> take off your heels. Also, no white men are named Amir. <laughs> <laughs> we already have all of our names picked out for our version journal. But you know what? I'll just immerse myself in podcasts for the rest of my life instead Let's of Let's do that. Let's that. go hardcore. Let's commit. Let's commit to podcasting. All right. Man, <laughs> we've been on some journeys in we the last did. hour. To you guys enjoyed back. that. Yes. Yeah, I had a good time talking to you. Yes, exactly. And thank you so much for listening to us this week, guys. If you want to find us, what we're doing during the week, Podcast Rewind is on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We are at Podcast RWD. And then just search Podcast Rewind on Facebook. We're also on Spotify now. Don't forget. Yeah, so excited. you guys love Spotify. Fun fact, if yes. you type in Podcast R-E, it pops up immediately. Hell yeah. Rising <laughs> to the top. Yes, exactly. Love it. All right, you guys. Enjoy listening. And until next week, be, be kind, kind and rewind. rewind. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.